Welcome to American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Foster Brown. We all have a trusted steed that carries us across the American road, whether it's a vintage camper van or the latest hybrid. But there's a group of travelers with a particularly deep passion for an historic American road form of transportation, the GMC Motorhome. From 1974 to 78, GMC made the only RV produced by a major automaker. Of the 12,000 made, it's believed that 8,000 are still on the road. The GMC motorhome was not a home stuck on top of a truck frame made of wood and tin. It was intentionally built as a motorhome from the ground up. In addition, the community of devoted fans who keep these vintage RVs going are unique themselves among other car groups. According to our guest, Dave Silva, who is an avid RV fan and blogger and also an ersatz chronicler of the GMC Motorhome, there is a cottage industry of specialized vendors all on a first-name basis. They drive these 40-year-old coaches all over the country under the protection of the blacklist. This is a story not only of a remarkable recreational vehicle, but also of the passionate people who keep them running on the American road. This American Road Trip Talk is brought to you by Folkmoot, a two-week celebration of the world's cultural heritage through folk music and dance, July 18th to the 29th, 2012, in Waynesville, North Carolina. Well, it's a little bit like trying to find out the roots of the story of Zorro. You know, who is Zorro and, and does he really exist? I'm, I'm talking about a group of people who have been driving one of the classic RVs in American car history. Uh, that is the GMC RV that was produced between 1974 and 1978. And to help me get some perspective on this ghostly group, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, is Dave Silva, who's with me right now on American Road Trip Talk. Dave, thank you very much for joining us. How you doing? I teasingly remarked about the fact it's kind of like talking about somebody with a legend, because this group of people who are passionate about the GMC RVs is really a loosely confederated group of people throughout the United States. Yeah, that's right. Um, no idea how many people there are uh, congregate around an online forum and, you know, meet at rallies and conventions and so forth. Most of the regular participants in the online forum have met each other personally. They rallies in Indiana, Quartzsite, Arizona, all over the country. Tell me a little bit about the nature of the vehicle we're talking about here. In the early 70s, uh, GM uh, took the drivetrain that they put in the Toronado. The original Toronado had a Oldsmobile 455. That's uh, we don't talk inches so much anymore, but that's 7.5 liters. And um, it was such a beefy drivetrain for a car that uh, a couple of different independent manufacturers thought that it would work on a motorhome. And uh, front-wheel drive is really the way to go on a motorhome because it gets you closer to the ground. So, uh, you know, you're not really carrying a lot of weight like a truck, so you don't really need drive wheels under the load like a truck. So front-wheel drive is better. But... Um, you know, for different reasons, manufacturers have uh, have not pursued that because mm-hmm. it's uh, it's more complicated. So GM made the front-wheel drive GMC Classic Motorhome uh, from 74 to 78, and they made uh, 12,921. The uh, the group we're talking about has accounted for about eight or 9,000. We're not sure how many are on the road, but uh, one of the things that this group does is maintains a registry that some member does on his own time. And because uh, there's no Carfax, there's no Carfax data for vehicles that old. Mm-hmm. But every time somebody finds another one of these, they submit the uh, the VIN number to the registry. And 
and you know, sometimes the, the registry holder will say, "Oh, that's one I don't have," and they get really <laughs> excited when they they get really excited when they find one they don't have. And you know, sometimes they'll come back and say, "Well, we've had that one for a couple of years, and here's who owned it before you," and and so on. It's a fascinating group of people, Dave. Um, you, I understand, got to know about it because of having another kind of an RV, but it got you involved in this particular group. It almost sounds like there's a family atmosphere to this group. Oh, very, very much so. And uh, um, I think that um, I've had lots of different uh, hobbies, and you know, whenever I take on a new hobby, I go and find an online forum where I can get information. Um, and it, it really struck me how different this group of guys is. They're extraordinarily civil to one another. Uh, you know, people online just have no problem saying things that they wouldn't oh, yeah. say in, in the real world. <laughs> it's you called, know, it's called flaming. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. It's called flaming yeah, somebody. But, yeah. Yeah, that never happens. I mean, I've been checking on this forum every day for a couple of years now, and that just doesn't happen. And then mm. if somebody thinks that somebody's offended, there's, you know, almost weepy apologies. And there's some really, really smart people. I, I mean, you, you post a question about a simple thing like, you know, torque on a gasket, and a guy comes back and says, well, I actually ran a company that manufactured uh, an analysis equipment to determine what was the right torque and oh whether my. we should use torque versus, uh, you know, head movement. It just takes it to a PhD level answers for backyard mechanic questions. <laughs> now, Dave Silva's with us right now. We're talking about a very loosely confederated group of people, but actually a very tight-knit community of people who own the GMC RV, the motorhome that was produced by General Motors between 1973 and 1978. A little over 12,000, almost 13,000 of them were made, 8,000 of them roughly on the road right now. Dave, uh, from what I understand, there are some gathering points for these groups. There is a West Coast group, isn't there, and an East Coast group as well? Uh, there's probably a dozen or so regional groups, uh, mostly under the umbrella of the Family Motor Coach Association, FMCA, and then the, under the FMCA, there'll be a, a charter for a regional GMC motorhome group. What was the price of, a, of a, the vehicle when it first came out? I want to say 20000 plus. They were considerably more than the stick and staple competition. Oh, yeah. You know, things like the, the Winnebago Brave, which would just be a truck chassis with a wood flame and a tin tin skin attached to it. From your perspective, is that why these things have lasted so long, that they were built, probably, quote-unquote, overbuilt uh, for the particular industry, but certainly not overbuilt for the people who are driving them now? Yeah, they're, they're built. Uh, um, I actually work in the aircraft industry. They're, there's very similar uh, construction techniques to aircraft Um there's a, um, a, a, a what we call monocoque construction. The, it's an aluminum frame uh, on a steel chassis, and the uh, aluminum skin is is bonded to it. Uh, the top half is aluminum. The bottom half is a we don't say fiberglass. I forget what the material is. It's a plastic, but it's not fiberglass. But mm -hmm. it's the same stuff that Corvettes are made out of. And the the skin provides some of the structural integrity mm -hmm. and also keeps the weight down. It's they're typically. Two to four thousand pounds lighter than comparable. Now, as I understand, you had a wonderful story. Maybe you could share it about um, how valuable these vehicles are and how this community works together to help people get into it. It was a story about a, a woman who went onto the forum looking for one of the GMC coaches to buy. Yeah, I found this coach at an RV dealership in Virginia Beach, and I posted on the forum and said, you know, it's, it looks pretty unloved, and um, <laughs> someone needs to grab it. He doesn't want a lot of money for it. The issue is that. A tired old coach in need of restoration 
is worth two or three times as much money in part as it is whole. You might get a couple thousand dollars for it, but you can drag it home and cut it up to bits and make five or six thousand dollars on eBay. And so we're kind of in competition with people uh, who don't Mm -hmm. have a love for these things. Yeah, who are cannibalizing them. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of tempting. So this woman uh, chimed in and said, well, that looks uh, like just just what I'm looking for. And she contacted the RV dealer and put down a deposit and um, flew out here from Missouri. And I picked her up at the airport and brought her to the coach and another uh, uh, gentleman from one of the regional clubs. And there were a few too many things wrong with it for her to, uh, you know, sit off and head back to Missouri. So she kind of was a little bit discouraged and wasn't sure she was up for it. And then, and then it was a matter of what next to do, and she'd already spent a fair bit of money. So um, it wound up, I offered to store it for her for a while, give her some time to think. And uh, I just kind of kept, you know, reminding people that it's here and we ought to do something. And, uh, or it is going to be tempting to part it out if we don't find somebody that wants to do it. And finally somebody said, well, you know, what would it take? I'll put up a hundred bucks. <laughs> and in a matter of days, eight or nine hundred dollars was raised. Uh, somebody in the group who has the internet wherewithal, I don't know what he, you know, if he has a business or what, but he just said, well, just send it to me. And he apparently, you know, has a relationship that everybody just said, okay, he'll take the money. And he posted a little page with how much had been contributed and so forth. And so then there was a fund. And then some people volunteered to, uh, on a hot summer day in August in North Carolina, four or five guys showed up at my house and <laughs> we, uh, somebody, and it needed an exhaust system and somebody in Arizona, uh, was replacing his exhaust with probably headers or something. And so instead of just cutting it up and scrapping it, he cut it in neat little pieces and boxed it up and shipped it to me. And that oh was my his contribution. Goodness. And we, we put it back together and that worked good. And so we, we spent a day or so getting it running, and then uh, a couple from out in Missouri near where the woman lived said, well, you know, we're not doing anything, so for gas money, we'll drive out there and fetch it. So probably 20 or 30 people were involved in this. That's wonderful. And everything from, you know, sending $50 to spending a day working on it. Um, the people that drove it back stopped at the homes of two or three other uh, GMC people on the way, and then uh, eventually it uh, it made it back to the woman in Missouri. So what is, what is the ending so, of the story? Has it been put back together now, completely restored? Well, no, not completely restored. This, yeah, this was just last summer. So, But, you know, she's got it now, and she's got another coach for part. Uh, yeah, we're, we're counting on her to get it up and going. That, Dave, one of the things I, yeah, I noticed uh, in the uh, blog that you posted about this was that uh, there's a network of uh, vendors as well as enthusiasts, GMC enthusiasts. Yes, there's um, two primary vendors, GMC Co-op in Orlando, I think it's Orlando, it's Central Florida somewhere, and uh, Applied GMC in Fremont, California. Again, it's something different about the character of this group. You go to other forums, and it's often not okay for vendors to express themselves. There's the sense that somebody's just showing up and chiming in with their input to sell something, but two guys named Jim. They're often referred to as the Jims. You know, <laughs> ask one of the Jims, you know, what to do about that. Jim Bounds in Florida and Jim Kamamoda, Jim K in California. You know, they will chime in and answer questions. You know, I mean, their answers are really kind of the final authority, at least on terms of, uh, you know, how things go together or best repair practices, right. that sort of right. thing. And it's, it's just generosity. It's never Marvelous. seen as salesmanship. You know, one of them will say, well, you know, we carry that. But they won't, you know, they just say, we carry that, go to the website. They don't, they're just part of the group that happens to make their living, you know, keeping these things going. And then there's um, numerous other uh, vendors who have little cottage industries, you know, specialty gaskets and specialty right. products that they've developed. Then I understand as well, Dave, that there is, um, you called it a blacklist of GMC owners around the country who are there to kind of 
at, at a moment's notice help pitch in to rescue people? Yes, exactly. Um, it, the, the name was kind of tongue-in-cheek. I, I, I think the man's name was Black, oh, who, yeah. uh, who set, set this up. You know, anybody that considers themselves a little bit handy and, and, and willing and able just goes and signs on to the blacklist, and typically people will put down what their capabilities are. You know, I'm located here. I have these big tools. I have space. I have 30-amp hookup. Uh, you know, call me. At, at one point in, in my relationship with these machines, I had some parts for sale, and a guy contacted me to buy an axle that he didn't need. He just said, well, you know, that's a good price, and it's good to have for a blacklist rescue. It was that kind of thing. Well, people will actually just out of their own pocket keep an inventory of parts. And, you know, typically somebody says, oh, I'm, I'm looking at a coach in Colorado, and I'm in Los Angeles, and, uh, you know, two or three people will chime in, well, print yourself a copy of the blacklist. Don't leave home without it. And, you know, this guy and this guy and this guy are on, on the way between those two points. Remarkable. What I find fascinating, Dave, about this is this kind of um, passion for this vehicle, which, by the way, folks, was the only motorhome ever made by a major auto manufacturer. We're talking about the, the GMC motorhome built between 1973 and 1978. About 13,000, roughly 13,000 of them made, about 9,000 on the road right now. But this remarkable fellowship, uh, kind of loose confederation of people that Dave Silva has been talking with us about. Dave, just to wrap up, is there a way for people to find out more about them? Is there a central place to go for people who, you know, catch our podcast to find out more about this? And maybe they've got a GMC and uh, hook up with somebody or uh, they're looking to get one? If, if you Google GMC Motorhome Forum, the link is gmc.mybirdfeeder.net. <laughs> I love it. Somebody who had a little bird feeder hobby was the person that volunteered to host the forum it's a tribute to the passion of these rv owners for their vehicles and also this wonderful sense of uh, fellowship of the road that exists out there that is what our american road magazine certainly is all about and dave thank you so much for being with us for sharing your perspective on this we will also post a link to your blog it's uh, oldrv.net my feeling is that vintage campers are uh, just more fun and less money uh, than the new RVs. There's lots of things that uh, weren't that were made incredibly well. Uh, lots of things that manufacturers lost money on, like the GMC, that somebody can get into. And uh, what I see looking at the forums is that um, guys still have fun if they spend a Saturday working on their 40-year-old camper. Um, <laughs> guys don't have fun if they spend a Saturday fixing a link on their two-year-old camper. <laughs> that is certainly the truth. Oh, and I, I just wanted to say one other thing. The real truth is, is I've gotten to know these people. They say it's about the GMC, but they're really very, very dedicated to each other. I mean, their relationships go very deep and go back a lot of years, uh, at least some of the old-timers. Yeah, I think the story would be missing. You know, they just have yeah. a... A connection with each other. Yep. The coach is just sort of a vehicle to get there. Dave, again, thank exactly. you so much for being with us here on American Road Trip Talk. If you enjoy these podcasts, then I know that you're going to love the digital edition of our magazine. Just go to AmericanRoadMagazine.com and click on the Preview Our Magazine icon. You'll get a sample of the digital layout of the magazine and an opportunity to sign up for electronic delivery of our next issues. While you're on the homepage, check out the blogs, trip suggestions, special deals, sweepstakes, and a whole lot more. You can even friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Till we meet again on the American Road for another trip talk, I'm your host, Foster Brown. Reminding you that the joy is in the journey.